pretty old. It's huge. It's so old. It's so beautiful. We're going to go over there, build the greatest Trump hotels ever with my SPAC. We're just going to go buy up all of Syracuse. But yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was just driving home, dropping my kids off at school. I mean, I wish they weren't going to school, but you know, kind of is what it is with ex-wife and all of a sudden here on the radio, I was actually listening to like a hip hop station driving home, you know, trying to listen. I think it was like, you know, some, some Drake sexy. And all of a sudden I come back and I hear them talking about supply chain shortages and, uh, <laughs> and, and meanwhile, these are obviously not economists, but then, you know, they're couching this as, oh, you know, this is just such a great sign because, you know, record demand for all these products. And, and it's just, you know, a temporary, basically, you know, trying to say it's like transitory inflation, but again, this is on the hip hop station. This is not on like some regular <laughs> station. And, and it just, you know, kind of like, I think like ties into like what we want to talk about today. And I was just looking at some of the numbers and it actually looks like the inflation numbers today were actually, you know, pretty much right on par, if not worse than in you know, like at the height of the seventies. Cause I always hear, Oh, well, you know, at least it's not as bad as the seventies. And, you know, I was actually taking a look at it and I actually think it is. So on screen over here, we see, uh, you know, basically 1970, just kind of eyeballing this. It, it, what if you, for anyone who's like listening to this right now, we do have it on screen and, you know, it's roughly right around 6%, you know, throughout the year, because it breaks it down by month. 1971, again, eyeballing this probably roughly four and a half percent, 1972. That one was, you know, a good year, probably roughly about 3%. Well, it's after it felt good because they went off the gold standard. Yeah. Yeah. That was in 71. So 73 eyeballing it probably about closer to 6%, 74. It's really ratcheting up there. Probably closer to like 11%, really kind of like about the height of it. 1975, you know, about 10%, 76, about, you know, 6%, 77, 6%, 78, about 7%, 79, about, eh, probably about 10, 11, depending on how you're looking at that. Now, if we head over to shadowstats.com, because what they did is obviously you guys know this, but they have changed how they calculate these numbers. I wrote a whole book on it called How It's Rigged. And I believe somewhere on my website, there's different lead magnets that can get you the guys that book that I wrote like five years ago. It's not a booklet. It's not really a book. I mean, it's like probably 20 pages long. But anyways, taking a look at how they calculated inflation back in 1990s, we're already at 9%, which was basically, you know, I mean, yeah, like one year it was like 10 and one other year was 11, but you know, there's no mm -hmm. sign of this letting up anytime soon. But the thing is, that's how they calculated in the nineties. Now, if you go back to how they calculated in the eighties, we're already at like, I mean, just eyeballing this is like 13%, which is worse than pretty much any time that we had in, uh, you know, during the seventies. Now, obviously it was probably gamed back then too. And you know, it was a little bit worse in about, you know, 1980 and, four, you know, we're catching up up there very fast. And this is only the very <laughs> beginning of it because, you know, you're going to see people like what happens during uh, inflation is people are realizing there's certain goods, goods that aren't there. I mean, obviously with all the supply chain stuff and people are going to start hoarding those goods, or at least the smart people will, because, you know, uh, I'm sure a lot of people don't want to be stuck without toilet paper again. <laughs> a lot of people don't want to be stuck without other basic goods. And it's just, and, and so or as just, people- uh... Or just meat. Like I, I just bought like two weeks, uh, no, two months worth of meat, by the way, because of inflation. So right there. I mean, they're trying to classify meat now as like a luxury good here, you know, going forward. And, you know, it's all going to be tying into, you know, going green and all the sustainability, which, you know, I'm all for being sustainable and not, you know, polluting the environment. But mm. obviously, you know, that's not what any of this stuff's about. And, and some of our listeners have gotten more like on my other, you know, walk and talks have gotten mad that I haven't 
dived into each one of these subjects. Well, if you, you know, I don't have time to dive into how they are rigging the inflation numbers. I've done videos on that. I've got a whole book on that. You can go sign up for the lead magnets, read the entire book on that. A lot of these subjects are like, we've already done videos on these subjects. And so if yeah. we go, if we spent time to jump down every single rabbit hole, every single episode would be 20 hours long. Like it just would never, never end. And yeah, most of these them. never could end. And we got yeah, tons of stuff to talk about today too. Like we, like, sorry, but we've got, you know, basically the U.S. You know, you know, slow walking into World War Three with Taiwan. We've got, you know, Bitcoin yeah. crashing right now, all the way down to sixty thousand. And yesterday's, uh, you know, crash down to sixty three thousand. I'm saying this, you know, with air quotes for anyone listening, was actually because a guy like fat fingered or uh, and you know, sold, I think it was like 582 Bitcoin for like under $10,000 of some, either some algorithm or someone doing it accidentally. And then, so, I mean, so there's some people out there who are able to pick up Bitcoin for, you know, under, you know, $10,000. But, you know, that is one of the dangers of if you had, you know, stop limit orders or stop loss orders is that, you know, you could have been stopped out and sold your Bitcoin at 8,000 during that happening. So I'd never have stop loss. I mean, maybe it's right for you. I don't think it's the best way to do that, but sorry for cutting you off. Yeah, no, it's it's so important to like to uh, to mention this. Now, now I kind of forgot what I was gonna say again. But uh, you were talking about we were uh, talking about the, the the meat and then uh, you know shortages and trying to uh, you know people stocking up. Yeah, I, I think it like pertains to the the inflation whole thing. You know, we initially we we were talking about you know they oh it's transitory. Like both you and me were out there saying that this is not transitory, guys. Like this is serious stuff. And, and of course, like looking at the numbers, how manipulated they are, you know, I, I've done similar things like you have with the Canadian CPI numbers and, and here, you know, they, they're, they're calculating, they were calculating 25 point something percent. That was the total cost of all your real estate uh, related uh, costs, you know, like the living taxes, uh, mortgage and all that stuff. Meanwhile, you know, you look at uh, real reports from the banks, they're saying 75 to 80% in the two major cities. And uh, you know what, like, suddenly now they just bumped it up 4% uh, this year. <laughs> just surprise, surprise, you know, <laughs> but it's nowhere even near, you know, what the actual real inflation is for 60% of the population. So no, this is this is uh, nothing good. And you know, when really big inflation hits, you know, the, the worst is that People are going to do like what I just did, bought a whole bunch of meat or you just buy supplies, right? And money is starting to chase, you know, the actual goods and services. And what you get is what called the velocity is actually starting to move. And when the velocity comes back after, because everybody's had some savings now, you know, didn't have to pay the mortgage or their, uh, or their debt or anything. So people had some free money and that is flowing into goods and services now because they're seeing prices rising. And that could cause a shock in, uh, in, um, in inflation from the velocity. So all the money is moving into the economy, chasing the same uh, you know, goods and services. And what that could do is it could cause an accidental hyperinflation of some sorts where people just panic because they see like, and people are on, you know, really struggling already. And then you get like a 10, 20% jump in food prices. Uh, that could cause a horrible uh, shock, which is, you know, like uh, the velocity is caused by uh, psychology, basically, where people just panic and start buying. And then everybody can't get rid of their currency fast enough to buy stuff because they're afraid of, you know, prices rising. 
the so key it's, is it's you've got to panic. Yeah. You've got to panic before everybody else panics. And so the, the, yeah. <laughs> you should be doing stuff right now. Like yeah. I have probably 200 rolls of toilet paper just in case, uh, you know, and I have a, actually been during like this crisis two years ago, manufactured crisis in February, 2020, I went and bought a bidet. So I'm like, you know what? Screw everyone with the toilet paper. <laughs> like at least with the bay, it's, it's like a, something. I mean, I personally thought that that was a very smart idea. And, yeah. you know, and I just yesterday I ordered an Amazon, like a 14 gallon, like sort of like if you're going to go boating, you would take out like a big, mm. like a like, like portable gas tank thing. I and mean, it's got the wheels. And so I just ordered that. And I mean, this, you know, kind of getting into a calamity of, uh, you know, errors that I've had with my new truck is I had, uh, you know, like when I first got it, you had the air ride suspension went out. So boom, you know, that's like $2,000, some engine mount. Then the alternator went out. Then the transmission just went out. And then I finally get the car back from the transmission. And then all of a sudden uh, I get two, there's two nails in my tire. And I'm like, great. And because it, and then I, meanwhile, like I had lost my wallet the entire time. And I thought that the wallet was in the car and I looked everywhere for it. I couldn't find the wallet. So I was without a wallet for a week. Uh, but luckily I had took it, taken some money out of the bank, uh, you know, right before that. So I had some cash on hands, which, you know, makes me like a terrorist over here, you know, paying for things with cash. <laughs> and then, so I finally like cave and I go and I, you know, order new credit cards, order new IDs, and uh, then order a new wallet. Then as soon as I do that, I find my wallet that's, you know, buried on my desk somewhere, like underneath a bunch of papers. Uh, but, you know, where I was going with that is after I finally get back from the transmission and all that stuff, not having a car for a week, I then, um, you know, decide to go get some gas and I go to the local gas station and there's no fucking gas at the gas station. I'm like, you know, thanks, Joe Biden. They don't, I mean, obviously they're all puppets. And hey, fighting over puppets but i'm like i've never seen you know no gas underneath trump i've never seen like at least and again this is not about trump you know he's just a puppet he helped yeah. operation warp c <laughs> we don't need to get into all that crap but i'm but like Tim, there's no Tim, gas is this, the, the question is is this just law of attraction uh, you know a self-fulfilling prophecy for you or is it actually a supply shortage as the big question of the day <laughs> it seemed like there was gas everywhere like at all the other stations at this yeah. one the one like in my neighborhood just happened not to have yeah. any luckily i had already had gas stored up and then if you are storing gas you want to make sure you're not you know storing it in like plastic bags like some idiots that were doing when you got any of these hurricanes going on uh and then you also you know, want to add like fuel stabilizer onto that too so that's i think another good uh, you know prep people should have is you know fuel stabilizer and so you know i do have so now you know homeboy is not gonna be without gas and so i luckily i had gas at my house so uh, not luckily i mean i was smart enough to already have that there so i just you know could use some of that until i filled up and you should you know go through and rotate all that stuff but you know we have seen there's other articles i don't have them up right here maybe you know zach can overlay this but you know i've seen a lot of talk that biden now is not you know not able to go through with all the tax hikes for the rich mm. so instead they're just gonna do all the tax <laughs> hikes for the poor because what's the biggest basically <laughs> tax hike you can get on the poor that is inflation. That is the biggest tax. Yeah. I mean, so if you're poor and all of a sudden, uh, you know, your meat costs 10% more or 20% more, or, or don't worry, because I think, and this would be another great clip if Zach could potentially overlay this, but there is that one clip that we've played in the past where Biden's economist is like, oh, you know, if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't take into account like meat and poultry and eggs and, you know, a lot of other shit that people buy at the grocery store, then the food price inflation is actually not that bad. Uh, I know we've played that before in the past, and this was actually well, stunning. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it comes down to what's that guy's name that uh, were were moving a whole bunch. He was at was he at the Federal Treasury uh, back in the day, removing a ton of different things. I think during the seventies, uh, they were just removing whatever they could find. You know that would uh, you know uh, be a problem with inflation. 
And I think we're back at the, or was it the 30s even? Well, like, there's that, and then there's substitution where it's like, oh, hey, you know, you used to buy steak, and now you're buying hot dogs. Yeah. You're putting the price of hot dogs. Shrinkflation on top yep. of it, right? And then, then, then they'll, then they'll shrinkflation on top of the substitution. Oh, sorry, you yeah. can't afford the hot dogs. So here's some <laughs> corn dogs, and they'll sorry, you can't afford the corn dogs. Here's some other chopped up stuff that if we're you gonna can't put afford in. Meat, and... just have spam. You know, it's good, good for you. I think that people that created that, I've actually never had spam, luckily. Uh, no, uh, no but, I never tasted it. <laughs> but they, I think the creators of that are in Arizona. And once I sort of got referred to them and then the whole thing fell through. So I've never met them, but um, almost did once. So, so I came this close to reaching the uh, the spam dynasty over here. That's because uh, I believe that, I think I think they've got like the biggest house in Arizona. Uh, but we do see an article here. Goodbye, middle class. 50% of all U.S. workers made $34,612.04 or less last year. So, I mean, that is shocking. You have half of Americans, workers, again, these are workers, not even people not even working, made less than $34,612. So, I mean, just imagine how cheap you can buy people off. So if you have, you know, uh, and even right now, like if you have, you know, three kids that are, you know, under whatever, you know, 12 years yeah. old, you're, you're making like 750 bucks a month. Just so that's near three kids. 40. Yeah, that's near 40,000 Canadian. Like that's, uh, yeah, that, it's not good. Like me and the wife, like we make double, double that basically each. Uh, so it's, but it's just appalling. Like it's well, just, I've been there. I mean, I've been there making that. I mean, your first, you know, several <laughs> years as a financial advisor, you're, you know, basically working any 80 oh, yeah. hours you, a week you want. And I probably made half. At first year, I probably, you know, had revenue that was probably 34000 not even counting expenses by the first three or four years. And then I moved to Arizona, had to start over again, then was rock and rolling at the firm that I was with, but I didn't really agree what they were doing from a, you know, cookie cutter investment standpoint. And so I left them, started over built that up after two years and then wanted to talk about Bitcoin and Go wasn't fire. allowed to, wasn't allowed to, I didn't, I, so I had to resign in order to, to follow my passion, what I'm doing now. And then boom, lost it again. And, and now, I mean, that's basically what I, you know, took in this month, but it's like, I've been there and, you know, and when you're at that point, you don't have any, you know, discretionary income to buy anything else, you know, every little bit, you know, really that's does tough. hurt. And I grew up with parents who were 20 years old and 19 when they had me, you know, mom working at Pizza Hut and dad working at a grocery store. So, you know, it's not like I'm some, oh, some, you know, spoiled financial advisor that came from these rich parents. Like, no, that's not the case with me at all. Like it's, you know, tough times, you know, breed strong men. And so not, it has been the situation. But the problem is like when I see this number and what they're doing with people is that it means that you can buy somebody off with $2,000 a month, universal basic income. Like, oh, I can get $2,000 a month to not work. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, I forgot to put this article up. Let me, I know I had it in our, in our uh, private well, okay. message. Yeah. Look at what they did with Canada with the CERB here. Like they actually bought people. There's still people like that are tons of people that are not working because of it, because they're better off, you know, not working a minimum wage than, no working on minimum wage than actually sitting on their ass doing nothing. So there you go. Like it just pretty prevalent. <clears throat> and I wanted to, okay, I found the article. I didn't pre highlight this, but I saw this yesterday on CNBC. I mean, CNBS, uh, Silicon Valley entrepreneur, Sam Altman wants to scan your eyes in exchange for free cryptocurrencies. And basically, you know, they've got some Iris scanning technology. Uh, you know, it's all part of the Y Combinator that, you know, is a lot of the Silicon Valley startups. Um, and you've got Rollcoin says it's already attracted 25 million funding from Silicon Valley investors, including Andreessen Horowitz, Coinbase, and billionaire LinkedIn co-founder Reed Hoffman, giving the firm a $1 billion valuation. And what they want to do is basically scan your irises to get free cryptocurrency. 
and then use this as a basis to then have like a universal basic income. Uh, Worldcoin has already shipped its orb-shaped device to people in 12 countries. Testers get to sign up by having their iris to scan. The image is then encrypted and becomes a unique, unique code while the original data is deleted to protect users' privacy. <clears throat> sure it is. Following mm, that, yeah. users are given a free share of Worldcoin cryptocurrency and blah, blah, blah. They care about privacy. So far, as a mass 100,000 users globally. And I'm trying to find the part where it talks about... Uh, you know, somewhere in here, it does mention something to the effect of, you know, this could be great for universal basic income and this. Yeah, but how are they going to actually like the problem with that is like, is it going to be a fixed supply or is it just going to be an inflationary currency? Like if it's an inflationary well, currency, they might be talking about the underlying technology could then be used. <laughs> oh, to actually try. Yeah, so, yeah. So I'm personally very excited about UBI over the long term. Liana said, I'm not sure if that's like one of their co I imagine that he's one of the co-founders. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it shows world. Worldcoin co-founders Sam Altman and Alex Blana. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Uh, but yeah, we see ourselves as building this huge network of people where entrepreneurs can jump in and build applications like this. UBI is one of those, but but building big financial global companies is another big one. And so, yeah, I mean, they're out there telling you that they're going to scan your irises. I mean, you've got, you know, Bill Gates, you know, projects with his you know, we'll, you can be walking around and we'll give you free cryptocurrency for doing certain tasks. And of course, it's, you know, yeah, patent, yeah there's patent. geolocating ones. Yeah, it's patent number, patent number that ends in 060606. And it's like not even like the order that it would have been into. So, I mean, all this stuff is crazy. But like the point is, if you can buy somebody off for, okay, you can get $2,000 a month to not work, uh, sit on your ass and you get that tax free versus $34,000 that's taxable, especially for self-employed. For self-employed and $34,000, I mean, that's already hard enough, but then you've got to pay 15.3% yeah. uh, FICA taxes, your social security and Medicare right off the bat. And then you're paying, you know, probably another like 10%, uh, you know, so it is very, you know, obviously it's going to be like, so you're creating this dependent slave class. You basically have gotten rid of the middle class. Like the middle class is now basically like the upper lower class is probably yeah. the, you know, where things are going. And, you know, this is a huge tax increase. So every time they want to you know, increase the cost of these goods, you are, you are, basically going to not basically you are affecting the poorest people possible and at this point the american dream is completely dead i mean the american dream of, oh we're gonna go home and own a house uh and i see an article over here the american dream is dead and bitcoin has replaced it and i think hmm. that, that that is absolutely you know key over here and the problem with you know a lot of poor people and again i grew up poor didn't you know come from money was you know fighting with my brother over you know who's gonna drink the the last soda and, and things like that but i mean you shouldn't be drinking soda and i've given up on soda anyways <laughs> uh but you know that's beside you know that's when you know when i was like 12 years old but you know one of the the, the problems is you know in early on i thought like you had to buy an entire bitcoin and you know it's probably when bitcoin was like 100 bucks and again you know i wasn't i was struggling as a financial advisor in, in the very very beginning because you know when you're starting off and you're making you know one percent of zero dollars under management you know it's a very tough gig <laughs> And so, uh, and you know, 95% of people don't make it, especially when I started the day Lehman Brothers crashed. So, you know, had a lot of things that, you know, going, going against me, you know, oh yeah, let's go give all our money to a 22 year old. Uh, but, you know, I did talk about Bitcoin at, you know, $30 to certain people and $300 at some other people, but I didn't realize you could buy a, a fraction of it. And so, you know, right now you should be out there stacking stats, getting, uh, you know, getting, you know, fractional ownerships of Bitcoin. Uh, but, you know, Bitcoin yeah. is digitally scarce. You know, it's divisible. 
It's I, I would argue about the fungibility, uh, you know, because it's saying that a Bitcoin in Canada is no different than one in El Salvador. But, you know, if one was used for nefarious purposes or has been tainted or is already kind of outed who owns it, then, you know, there could be some fungibility problems, at least like in the eyes of the law, whereas privacy coins. Yeah, because yeah, they do track it right now. So, yeah, it's low maintenance. It's transparent. It's liquid. It's freedom. And in. And for, for me, I mean, I was, you know, big into politics and getting into the Ron Paul movement and we're going to go change the world that way. And they got all these plans and I was, you know, hated Hillary. So I, you know, basically did everything I could to attack her to then help Trump win. But then immediately I was calling out all of his bullshit. And once I started getting shadow banned and censored, I'm like, oh, how can you get around this? Oh, wow. Blockchain technology can actually, you know, improve that. And you can do more than just, you know, trade fake money back and forth. And so, you know, we've already got the answers. I mean, don't just trust us. You got to do your own research on all this stuff. But, you know, Bitcoin, uh, you know, it is a hedge against all the government tyranny. It's a hedge against when they're going to steal all of our money by printing trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars, making our dollar worth less. The dollar has already crashed relative to Bitcoin. Well, yeah, the dollar going to crash. Okay. It's already fucking crashed relative to Bitcoin. I mean, Justin, you know, I've been paying attention to it since it was a dollar and now it's $60,000. So, uh, well, and, I, and the thing too is that people don't even think of it this way, like I do, you know, and you do. Like, what if you just price things in Bitcoin? Like, what if you say just F the dollar? <laughs> like, there's no, who cares about the dollar price of, of a Bitcoin, right? Like, what can a Bitcoin actually buy you instead of caring about, you know, the actual dollar price? Because that's what everybody's focusing on. And, you know, the, we've been talking about, uh, and I've been talking about, you know, potentially, like, I think you said 100, I, I'm, you know, leaning towards 150 to 250 somewhere that it could, you know, jump to at the end of like this. I would not, be, not at all cycle. be surprised to have this cycle top out over $200,000. And then, and then for me, I mean, I'm not even looking to really even sell unless, you know, I've got some clients, maybe if they're older and they, uh, you know, don't have a bajillion yeah, years and don't have the risk tolerance and maybe they can take out what they put in and then let the rest ride. But I, you know what, young guy, I don't really need, I've got income, so I don't really need to pull out, you know, those assets in order to, uh, and I'm just looking to bank it. And, and actually, quick plug over here, you know, we don't do a lot of plugging over here, but we just got, you know, the ability to scale out our crypto IRA program. And so I will be taking, if you guys are listening to this, I will be taking, like right now, like the sign up, it's like half a million dollars or more. You know, if you guys have $25,000 or more right now and looking to get crypto into your IRAs, I can do that now in a scalable format. And so, you know, right now on the website, it still says half a million, but, you know, 25,000 and up, I want to do it uh, because, you know, we're kind of, use you guys, I don't say like guinea pigs, I mean, we've been, you know, going at this for a very, very long time and it's going to work out okay. But, you know, for Tim and John show listeners, Liberty Advisor listeners, you know, I will let you guys in on, I haven't really even started advertising this at all yet, but, you know, we do have the ability to have actual crypto into your IRA. So I should have plugged this during, I don't know why I like, didn't plug this during the SEC, uh, you know, uh, allowing a Bitcoin ETF video. Um, and again, that is the most bullshit way you can possibly own Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. uh, in, uh, you're owning a derivative of Bitcoin. So like even the other Bitcoin trust is out there. And I don't want to say the name because, you know, then there's all sorts of regulatory things if I said the name of it. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, initials begins with G and ends with the Bitcoin, uh, you know, acronym uh, or call, call sign letters. Yeah, the grayscale one. And so, so that one is even much better than owning, in my opinion, than owning the uh, the ETF version of it. And so, 
you know, now if they had like an actual ETF that owned actual crypto, I mean, that would be a different story, but you know, but anything, you, should, then, you should, you should own your then. own, yeah, you should own your own Bitcoin. And so, you know, we have the ways now where you guys can own your own Bitcoin and we're starting off with, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, Bitcoin cash, Litecoin, uh, USDC. And it's not like my decision on what gets put in there. It has, there's all sorts of, you know, it has to do with the exchanges that we are able to get tied into here and, and having all the custodial ship and having all the I's dotted T's crossed. Uh, you know, and then we've got, you know, and if you did, you know, we're in that half million dollar bracket, then we, there are, uh, some crypto IRA, uh, to where you can own your own private key solutions that are temporarily we can do now, but Elizabeth Warren is trying to end self, uh, IRA LLCs as we know it, but there's gonna be like a two year, uh, sort of like unwind period. And, you know, in two years is a lot in the span of crypto. I mean, a lot can happen in two years. So <laughs> even if you only had it for two years, you know, it could be, you know, a very good thing. And, you know, and that is the best. So even if you're making that 34,000, you know, what's put in 50 bucks a month in, I mean, back when I was, uh, and, you know, again, like I was not always out here rocking and rolling, killing it. And, you know, I think the first purchase I made was like, I think I bought was doing like a hundred dollar a month dollar cost average. And at the time bought me over one Ethereum. And so, you know, you just keep, you know, it's not, and then also don't fall into the trap of wanting to buy whatever bullshit crypto is that you can buy the most quantity of it. So that'd be like your Doge coins and your Shibas and not to say I'm not like, you know, against it or anything, but I see people fall into this trap. Um, and so if you don't have a lot of money to risk and you don't own any crypto, I mean, I would just probably just go with Bitcoin. Um, but I mean, that's not, then if you've got more money than yeah, you can expand it out and there's Ethereum and Ethereum competitors that are really, and obviously, you know, getting into, uh, I don't want to be giving like advice on here, um, but you know, there's different ecosystems of what you can do, whether you're investing into the DEXs, the decentralized exchanges, or whether you're investing into, you know, the Ethereum platform competitors or the privacy coins. And, but, you know, in my opinion, the safest bet is just, you know, Bitcoin, if you don't have money to lose. Uh, but I think you've got people that don't have money to lose and they go and they find some, you know, obscure number 5,000 crypto that's out there and try to buy 10 billion of it. And then, uh, then they end up losing, you know, then they're, you know, all their money. And so, uh, you know, unfortunately I feel like that's what people do, but that is the hedge in order to, you know, protect yourself against all this, you know, tyranny that's going on and governments hate it. The governments do not like the fact that we now have an out. And so here's an article from Zero Hedge, yet again, why governments hate cryptocurrencies. And it goes on to say, you know, how many dollars do you have? Before digging through your pockets, let me save you the trouble. The answer is zero, you have no dollars. The green <laughs> slips, actually cotton and linen, commonly referred to as dollars are in reality, fair reserve notes. A note is a tangible, is a type of non, a type of negotiable instrument that carries the promise that its owner, the holder, or hodler, no, mm -hmm. the holder will be able to redeem it for, yeah, you don't want to hodl those, redeem it for whatever the person that created it, the issuer has pledged. Federal Reserve notes are not dollars. They are promised to pay their holder. However, many dollars are denotated on the bill. Fiat currencies are useful. Among other things, they allow central banks to engage in quantitative easing by borrowing through the issuance of notes, something that doesn't really exist and therefore never has to be repaid dollars, as in the case of the Federal Reserve. And the, this restoration of the connection between currency and scarce or tangible assets creates competition for government notes that can be printed without limit. Plus, cryptocurrency can be used over the internet without the intermediation of banks, which generally have monopoly on transactions in government money. This makes it more difficult for authorities to track. Cryptocurrencies are decentralized. Finance pose a threat to the confidence-based monetary system underpinning the world. And so, I mean... You can't print more crypto. I mean, obviously you can mine it. And so, you know, this is a basically a hedge on the tyranny that's going on right now. And it's kicking up full speed 
around the world. I mean, you got things like BlockFi that is just, you know, and again, I'm not recommending this, just pointing out that it is something that does exist. And, you know, they are, you know, okay, wow, you can get like 8%, 10%, 6% in some of these platforms versus getting nothing. And now, I mean, Walmart is rolling out Bitcoin yep. ATMs as part of their Coinstar. And even like the local grocery store by me has had this for a couple of years now. Now that I've never actually like used it or done this before, but uh, you know, a lot of people, if you can go into your local Walmart and buy Bitcoin, you know, that's going to be, you know, pretty attractive. Now it's only, I think it's like 200 to start off with. And then, but you know, there's just a crap ton of, you know, Walmart stores across America. I'm trying to scan through because I know somewhere on here. There is, there is some great ATMs that I've used that I'm not, uh, that are no KYC and up to a thousand dollars a time to just take out or uh, deposit as well. So yeah, 4,700 yeah. stores uh, that yeah. there's Walmarts in. So, I mean, that, that's pretty crazy. Now, I mean, and this kind of all then kind of blends into the news of, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve unveils new rules for cracking down on officials trading. And, you know, they've got to give, you know, 45 days advance notice and all this We're other stuff. Crack down on uh, Jerome Powell. Fire yeah. <laughs> yeah, they want to ban policymakers from owning individual stocks, restrict trading, following controversy. And the thing is, like this, all it does is it shifts the window of blame to the fact that that the Fed is doing wrong things when instead of <laughs> shifting it to the fact that the Fed shouldn't exist and the fact that there is a Fed is yeah. the wrong thing. So it's just, and actually look, there's another article in here. Tech millionaire Sam Altman offers free crypto for iScan. Oh yeah, that sounds that oh. sounds like a great, uh, you know, like nothing could go wrong with that. So yeah, even on here, it's even, uh, you know, having that in the sidebar of this news article. Uh, let's not skip over that one for right now, unless we've already talked about the other ones. Uh, you know, there was another inflation one I think I, I missed over here, where inflationary storm forces Unilever to raise prices fastest in seven years. And so, you know, that's definitely a tax on poor people. And rivals such as Nestle warned Wednesday that inflation costs are rising faster than we can roll forward through pricing. Situation has not improved. If anything, we are seeing further downsides compared to what we told you in the summer. The effects of rising consumer prices are extraordinarily disruptive for consumers. It's almost like a tax. No, it is a tax. Eroding yeah. family budgets that are already stretched thin. The worst, and you'll this... get less product through shrink shrinkflation, right? So, like they actually like do certain things to the objects, and and you know the things that they actually package things in to make them smaller and, and give you less for the same price because the CPI, you know, actually looks at like how much is a bottle of. Uh, coke cost but if that bottle of coke is just a little bit smaller you know that uh, that is also an inflation uh, called shrinkflation that and you can see and they substituted the best ingredient in it i mean it doesn't even even have cocaine in it anymore either when at least in the, <laughs> at least in like 1890 at least it had still had some cocaine in it and back then it wasn't even like a coke problem in the in the country either and yeah. at one point when they even uh, outlawed uh uh, alcohol during prohibition, marijuana was legal. And then they, uh, so at one point you could legally have marijuana while not legally oh, yeah. having alcohol. And, and other taxes too. Like we're starting to see a lot more taxes in Canada. Actually, I think it was Nova Scotia or something or a Newfoundland Labrador that implemented our sugar tax now. Cause they're trying to huh. go that way to hide that. They're actually like, Oh, we're caring about you. That's why we're implementing these taxes. It's not because we, uh, we've spent so much money that we're bankrupt and need, <laughs> to tax you a lot more no it's um what we're heading towards again uh, tim is is a crisis of like historical proportions and uh, you know it's uh, it's going to be interesting to live through that crisis and 
it's going to be written about in the history books um, because this time it's global and it's not just like one country that it was in the history like now what do everybody. they do and what do they do when they whenever they get into this sort of problem they always end up going to war and so you know yeah. it can't be oh you know it can't be the just the systemic underlying problems that would have caused this regardless it has to be oh it was the chinese or it was the easter bunny uh, and, and, you know, before I was there, I was going inter to interrupt you for once. I didn't, well, actually, I guess I did kind of interrupt you that time, but it was, uh, you know, you're speaking of like, oh, you'll own nothing. Well, I was actually thinking for Halloween, a, a great costume would be Santa Claus Schwab. So I just, you know, just uh, <laughs> Santa Claus. I'd be like, you are getting, oh, you're getting nothing, not even any coal. Yeah, and no, then how are you getting me ideas, Tim? I'm going to, I'm going to make Santa Claus on my fake app now, my deep so, fake, deep fake ho, app. Ho, ho, ho. It is Santa Claus. And then zuz, zuz. It's, oh. I don't know how he would say ho, but it would be something very sinister anyways. <laughs> he's very sinister and he's going to have like Greta sitting on his lap saying how great. This is this my little girl. pet minion. This is mini me. My little, little mini Greta. She's yeah, not even, she's girl. actually just a, a cyborg hologram and isn't even real. We've been. Oh, he, she actually was dancing and singing the other uh, day, like we care as us also. I think you know, that's she's a, trying to I mean, look dancing, like she's alive. I mean, dancing does emit a lot of carbon, so I don't really know, uh, you know, if yeah, that's I, like the I breathe a lot, you know, like I love all these people. Set. I love all these people talking about, oh, well, you know, we're going to go and, uh, you know, bike to work or bike. I, I guarantee you will emit more carbon probably biking to work, you know, because then you're going to have to go eat a crap ton and then you're going to have to yeah. crap out a crap. It's like like it, it takes a lot more cal calories and energy to bike yourself somewhere. I mean, granted, if you're going like a yeah, mile or you, something. And if you live rurally, too, like I would have to bike like 80 kilometers a day. Like, yeah, I'll do it, you know, like for the same day environment. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like I've biked, I've biked 200 miles before in one full, one full shot. I mean, I am yeah, at 22 but miles he, an hour. Did, so. you go, did you go to work? Like when you did that, like right after you, you get to work. <laughs> Just, uh, I have, yeah. I mean, I have probably biked like 50 miles in the morning and then gone to work, but not, but I was, but I work from home. So, uh, I mean, I, I've been using Zoom since 2015, you know, pretty yeah. much primarily, but, you know, but, no, continuing, on with with the, but, but continuing on with the war theme, I mean, now Biden is out there saying, you know, this is, you know, very kind of quietly uh, after Biden says U.S. would defend Taiwan from attack. China says there's no room for compromise. Yeah. So, I mean, what are we I mean, who is, you know, is Biden going to go? We're going to throw his old ass out there. And is he going to be personally defending them from attack? Because, you know, and then who else is going to be left? So, OK, great. Uh, Biden so, will know, be the general that leads us all to war. Oh, maybe all the idiot soldiers who are out there getting, you know, now. I will say most of the soldiers have not, a lot of them have not gotten it, at least, you know, especially like the Marines and the uh, like SEAL Team well, 6. The new Admiral, the you know, how about the new Admiral? We could send her over there. Oh, send her over there. <laughs> yeah, sure. Rachel. Rachel's going to go over there and uh, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't need to get this. No. I, don't, I don't even know what I was, where I was even going with that. But uh, no. was it Rachel Levine? She's going to be like, hey, guys, it's quit being so mean over there and start throwing like a dildo over them or something i don't know like this is like, like like no like, like these days like what like like the art like the military is more concerned about like being woke and like talking about critical race theory and having rainbow flags than they are about like defending the country i mean it's just not that they're like I, even is a country anymore and you know it, it's the whole thing i think it shows the globalism yeah it just shows the decline of everything and the decline of the currency it's like when 
when the currencies decline in value, you know, like the society declines with it, right? Like it's, uh, it's, it's no doubt about that. And then you try to find crazy moronic ideas. Like you, you could get toppling of governments and then get massive totalitarians. Like look at, you know, a hyperinflation led to uh, Napoleon it led to Hitler. So you, you never know what you're going to get on the other side of it. And, and of course, hyperinflation in Venezuela, like, oh yeah, the, the flagship food box program so everybody can feed themselves because the government destroyed the, the whole country. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like, it's, you know, it's probably going to come down to a food thing. It's going to come down yeah. to, you know, so I mean, it's great that you have precious metals and you have crypto and, and you know, maybe you have lead and some other stuff. But, you know, if you can't eat, then, you know, what are you going to do? And so oh, you need, at this stage of the, the game... Water. Like if there's one thing you want to panic over, yeah, be food and water. Like, like do that now. Like I don't like I don't have any programs from selling this or selling that in terms of food. But you know, I think Josh does as like actually I did like one of his like my Patriot supply referral links the other day and got and I already had a bunch of sort of food and I'm like, you know what? Not gonna hurt to get another three more months and just and the thing is if you can't afford to go get a year, you know, go get a month maybe like one month of food this month and another month or two from now, another month and then stack it up. And then, you know, if anything, just stack up like natural food too, like there's lots of good food that you can store for the very long periods of time. Like even vitamins, like vitamin D, my vitamin D lasts for two years that I have. And I have a shit ton of it. <laughs> I've got the I'm best, prepared. I've got the best vitamin D in the world. Trust me. Yeah. It's huge. I made the, huge supply. It's called vitamin D for a, uh, the triple dose of uh triple, getting the triple d uh yeah, triple. <laughs> didn't he just come out there's like a new like truth social spack that you know oh, went yeah, up like yeah, 100 yeah, yeah. didn't go up like 120 percent or something yeah it'll be interesting to uh to see what comes out of that of course uh of course that would be attacked like massively for being a fascist uh, you know a, a spack media attack, side, but. it'd be a, a spack attack <laughs> a speck of time. it's been it's been halted numerous times apparently now i'm reading this in real time oh, of course my papa blocker doesn't like that blah 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 continue the site okay trump spack halted multiple times as stock jumps again in volatile trading and yeah i think last time i saw it, yeah it was up more than 100 percent. why don't you just tell much tell us how much it was up uh last up nearly 140 percent uh the sky skyrocketed 216 percent at one point Stock surged more than 350% to close Thursday. Um, the stock traded up. I mean, yeah, why did you say, okay, this is another blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so it's, it looks like he's then trying to create his own like truth social media network. And yeah. I, I think actually they want to, now I haven't gone on to this, I haven't uh, done any of this, but it seems like they want, they're basing it off like the underlying like Mastodon technology yeah, which right. i was actually uh surprised to hear about that because it was free talk live i first started hearing them talking about mastodon uh you know probably like in 2017 2018 and you know those guys were also the first ones to talk about bitcoin on the air as well like worldwide like bitcoin jesus roger Ver found out about bitcoin through free talk live and so i mean those guys are like way ahead of the curve on lots and lots of different things which is why you've got the feds going after ian so you know make sure you guys you know help support you know people like that um you know it is the largest uh, i mean they're way bigger than us i mean they are the largest uh you know basically libertarian radio show in the country they're not they don't have like a huge obviously like youtube and uh you know more like video type presence but you know, in terms of like terrestrial radio they are like yeah. very very big 
Uh, and then I'll see like Alec Baldwin says, my heart is broken after a prop gun he fired kills cinematographer. So he's so this is the motherfucker wanting to ban all the guns. Like, why are you even in? Why are you even? Why well, do you even have movies that have guns in it if you want to fucking ban the guns? Well, and then you Tim, have a real see, gun see, to then kill somebody. And well, then they want to ban. Why, that's his idea of why we need to ban guns because morons like him can't you know handle guns probably, and and they kill people with them. You know like. Uh, when do you ever learn? You know, I, I've been in the military. I, I also have like my my license that you have to have here in Canada for handling guns. You know, there's a procedure of handling, like treat every gun as damn loaded. You know, like, what is wrong with this moron? You know, uh, when it comes to sorry for calling him moron, but you know, you are when you when you like. No, Alec ba- like it, 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 it not need to apologize for calling Alec Baldwin no. moron. No, but like just that, like, w- what are we thinking? Like, come on, so like yeah first of all it's like and and that's why like now it'll probably come out it's like yeah we gotta ban all these guns because of people like me you know like everybody is like me and uh we need to ban them because people can't handle uh, the, the safety around it uh, so i have uh, met one of the, i have met one of the ball ones before i think it was of course it was, it was like one of the uh you know not famous as famous ones is like billy baldwin like because <laughs> their mom actually brother, lived, yeah. yeah their mom lives in my hometown uh, I don't live in anymore, but you know, when like your mom went to my church when I was forced to go to, uh, you know, Catholic. Did you know file. that? Uh, yeah. yeah. Did you know, by the way, that Syracuse is uh, also a place in old the uh, Greek, uh, like uh, the Greek Empire. Syracuse was a big well, town. It's in, Sis- in Sicily, yeah. yeah, there's Syracuse, yeah, Syracusa in Sicily. My last name is Sicilian, so yeah, I'm pretty. But they're also in, uh, during the Greek Empire. It was actually a place there as well called Syracuse. Apparently. Well, was it the uh, same the same one that's the same Syracuse today that's I, over in Sicily? So, I I don't know. I learned this from uh, what's his name, Doug Casey, I was talking about Syracuse uh, in the old Greek Empire. I think it was. Yeah, we'll have to, of course, when I just type it in, uh, and the first thing that pops up is like uh, fraternities at, at Syracuse <laughs> University. Uh, I, I know that there's, uh, you know, the city is notable for its rich Greek and Roman history. So, uh, okay, great. Yeah. So, the birth the birthplace of uh, Archimedes, who is the uh, preeminent mathematician and engineer. Uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, yeah, I guess it wasn't, I wasn't prepared to talk about uh, Syracuse, uh, Sicilia today so we'll see yeah 27 year old city that's yeah pretty old it's huge so old so beautiful mm. we're gonna go over there build the greatest trump hotels ever uh with my spac we're just gonna go buy up all of syracuse uh speaking of and then the fucking joe biden actually went to syracuse uh university so <laughs> let's go let's go brand let's go brandon uh, yeah, yeah he, where he graduated, cool, where he graduated third from last from the from uh, from the bottom of his class, even though he's putting yeah, out he different third, reels saying least that he was third place. Uh, Tim, come on, he was third, yeah, third place. Third and, elite, and he did actually, uh, you know, he was advertising how he was like finished at the top of his class. He actually finished at the bottom. He was almost kicked out, I think, three different times for plagiarism. Uh, yeah. You know, it's yeah, and he unfortunately he's got you know a lot of ties to Syracuse. His first wife, who then uh, passed away, and his first child i think uh we're in auburn which is a a uh uh sort of like a suburb outside it's not it's a city unto itself so shout out to anyone from auburn which i really have very little connection to auburn but um you know i guess let me know in the comments if anyone happens to be from the area or the finger lakes area it is a very nice area in the summertime um but you know it is super high tax i mean it, you know you've got obviously uh, you know new york city controlling a lot of what's going on uh from like a uh you know political standpoint although you know there is you know a lot more guns up there and it is more conservative 
but you know, ultimately you are in New York. And so, you know, you don't want to be in the empire when the empire state, uh, falls down. So, no. you know, I've got, uh, yeah, aside, aside from family and just, you know, loving the, you know, the area in the summertime and the finger lakes, you know, beautiful area. And uh, yeah, I think even like the Clinton's vacation up there in the summertime too, uh, there's like skinny Atlas Lake is, you know, one of the probably most pristine lakes in the country. Uh, you got KU or not Cayuga. It's, uh, yeah, damn it. What's a uh, Canandaigua Lake It's closer to Rochester though. Those two lakes outside of like, I think Tahoe is the most prestigious lake in the country and then like those two are basically like tied for like second and third uh they're always like bouncing back and forth uh in that area but you know by and large you know most of the area is a shithole and like all the all the you know uh you know rain there's been a huge brain drain when, you know they spend a lot of money on educating people or indoctrinating them and then a lot of the best and brightest you know all move out of there and basically all if you take a look at like all like the top people that i graduated and, like all the guy except for one aside from my friend chris uh Almost all of them, unless they've gone to the city, almost all of them have left the area. So like, take a, like, like all the best and brightest, most talented, all the people that are going places. And actually, Chris is looking at getting out of there, too. Like basically all of them have have looked at, you know, getting out of there. So, you know, there uh, is no more industry. It's not like it's, you know, 1950s where you can just stay in there and work for one company and get a pension. Uh and so, I mean, there's just not a whole lot going on up there. I mean, I love there. I mean, yeah, I didn't plan on talking about any of this, uh, you know, kind of getting back to what we were talking about is, uh, you know, the slow roll, you know, death, death of America, Santa Claus. And uh, yeah, lots of snow there in Syracuse. So, you know, Santa Claus might be having a Santa, a, a great, you know, feeling at home up there, except there might be like well, he more. He likes it up in uh, snowy places. There's probably more snow. Dallas. There's probably Steve even like the more hills. snow. There's probably more snow in Syracuse. Well, not 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 like right this second, but then even in like the North Pole. Well, actually, the North Pole is like technically like almost like a desert then technically, but Syracuse is the snowiest city over a hundred thousand people in America. So snowier than Buffalo. Snow, and it's not. I hate the snow, so it's not you know something I'm trying to brag about over here. But you know, but another unknown fact is that carrier air conditioning originated from Syracuse. And so you have the snowiest city in America responsible for air conditioning. I mean, which then led everybody to move out of there once they could move to warmer places like Phoenix, where Phoenix was the largest, basically the biggest client, uh, you know, demographic area of Carrier was Phoenix. And it's funny that I moved from Syracuse to Phoenix. Uh, my grandfather was, you know, one of the top guys at Carrier. And so, I mean, it's one of the, uh, but then my grandparents are like, oh, why don't you stay there? I'm like, well, first off, Carrier's not even there anymore. You know, they moved. Uh and so first off, stupid to have, you know, the world's largest air conditioning company based out of the snowiest city in America. I mean, that's, I mean, how that happened is just, you know, beyond me, but now we're getting it. Yeah. Still getting off in the crazy stuff. I mean, that was pretty much all I wanted to talk about. Uh, you know, was, you know, just all I wanted to talk about just, you know, uh, I think you know, Syracuse death, was right death there, of the American. ended up being at the back, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, and just, you know, the, uh, yeah, but the, I mean, the average is about, I'm just doing this off memory about like 115 inches a year. So people are like, Oh, well, Chicago, you know, we get so much snow and they Chicago gets to like 38 inches a year. Uh, even like Josh yeah. was trying to talk about like Winnipeg and you know, you guys, I mean, we sure. get no, we get no snow at all in Winnipeg. Yeah. Like I, I've been in Oslo where we got like a dump of a meter of snow, like the three feet, you know, easily. You now, know, you know, you know, your life, you know, your life. 
know your life sucks when we're over here just arguing like no my my weather my my city's <laughs> weather is shittier no my city's <laughs> weather is shittier no we get negative tw- 20 30 40 degrees in those in the winter time yeah. oh no but we get negative 20 and we get 120 so it's like josh and i would always have oh, these whatever. conversations over like no my place sucks more ass than your place and then you'd be like well you know so between the you know norway uh where you're well, from, where, where i was actually, where i'm from and nice. where josh and where Josh is from, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just talking like in terms of snow, like we're all, uh, but I think it does create like a more hardened, you know, type of individual when you're like, you're oh, yeah. uh, like literally having to, you know, go and I didn't have a snowblower going up. My dad had two, my, my brother and me were, were his snowblowers. And so, you know, having yeah, to go it's, and it's shovel funny. it. It's funny. I still don't have a snowblower. I could have bought it at any time. <laughs> I still snow, like literally like do my drive. Well, then my dad bought two snowblowers <laughs> after, uh, after my brother, after we moved out of the house, I'm like, oh, great. You know, so, uh, you know, just in case one of us happened to go down, but yeah, it's, yeah. it sucks being in a place like that. I don't, I don't even know. It, it. it is fun to, uh, I love skiing. So like, I'm a big skier. Like I, I suck at running, but you're really good at, but I, I love skiing. Like I, I could go skiing for like, like 20, 30 kilometers. I just love it. So, uh, that way, you know, like there's different, there's different positives and negatives wherever you live, but and like it all depends on what you like, but it all comes down to how terrible is the state, like the government there too. <laughs> you could live the most. Look at what, how beautiful Norway is, and then you still got like a horrible government, you know, that are uh, destroying. But at least they're open now. You know, here we're fucking locked down uh, like crazy here in Manitoba right now. Like they're uh, as soon as I show up at a party, the party is over basically because I'm unvaxxed. You know, the, they could have 100, 200 people at home, but as soon as I show up, they can only have two people. It's uh, that's why it's like over. So not, it's not, it's not yeah. over because the party's over. I'm here to talk about inflation and money. Lo- uh, yeah, yeah, Rune, yeah. yeah, ruin <laughs> your entire vibe and uh, and all the happiness that you guys are having. Well, it might have been the same, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, <laughs> I see, uh. Yeah, I see the ten-year Treasury one point six four. I mean, it looks yeah. like it was like one point seven. Well, if you, if so. you look at the chart, I was just thinking about the chart today of the ten-year Treasury. I was just looking at it and look at how manipulated it's like the perfect you know peaks and and formations, right? Like you could see the Fed is just buying, right? Like there's not too much like steady, you know, like. But the Fed has talked about you know now they're going to you know maybe even as early as december start tapering their their balance sheet so you know buying 15 billion dollars less you know each month and month and month and that's going to then you know have the interest rates you know naturally then go up or say naturally they've been you know manipulated down so then it's going to go up and then once we're up around like probably 2.2 and you know what i want to go and timestamp this because it come back to this like six months from now you know once it gets up to like 2.2 2.3 and the market's down like 15 percent then they're going to you know cry uncle there's going to be some new whatever uh whether it's a new variant or new lockdown or new excuse to then start pumping in more money and manipulating it back mm-hmm. down but i really do think that you know we can't even really get close to like that two percent level because that's like the danger zone where it's like three well, 2.25 remember 2.20 oh it was it was 2.25 last time, right? That's, like that they got up to and then it just I'm, collapsed. I'm talking about this time. That's the Fed funds rate. I'm saying, oh, sorry, the 10 year. Yeah. And that was 1.25. I don't even think I'm talking about the 10 year. I don't even think the 10 year can get to, I mean, at 2%, it's probably going to start getting really bad in the equity markets. 2.25. I mean, it could, 
it could get out of hand because it used to be like five percent to four percent to three percent and now it's like uh we can only there's only you know it's just like we're like a crack addict that you know we just need we just can't handle the withdrawal phase i have a i have a seven year seven year hundred chart and and it's funny like the interest rate goes like the down like this like diagonally down and it's at record lows no matter how you put it and uh like there, there's no way out of this like they could keep on pushing interest rate they're gonna have to go to central bank digital currencies go negative if they're gonna continue with this scam uh but like there's no way out of it it's failing like, yeah and so that's not yeah now this it. chart now this chart let's see how far back okay there now we go so if you go back to the 70s i mean at least you know you're getting like actual interest rates i mean especially like 79 yeah. is going to seven then then it really starts jacking up like an 80s going up to like eight and then briefly like about 10 percent on the on the 10-year treasury uh whereas now like we have the, about the same amount of inflation potentially even more it's hard to tell because they you know jack with everything except you're getting 1.6 percent and so mm-hmm. if even if like they're stated inflation at five and a half and then you know it's called you know basically you're losing four percent per year uh if you go off like real numbers you're probably losing closer to like eight or nine percent per year especially when you you know when you if you count it in terms of like opportunity costs if you had those assets in bitcoin instead then it's like hundreds of percent per year past from some indication of future returns uh but you know they're going to steal all your money and they're going to steal it they want to get you on a digital currency but first they need to save you they're going to first they're going to save you with it and then once they get you hooked on it then they're going to start yanking away a lot of the positive benefits that you're going to have and you're going to be a complete controlled slave and it's very easy to control a poor population and when the average person makes less than $34,000 a year in America, very fucking easy to control them. And so that is a danger. It's not anything against poor people. And the thing is, like, if you're working some dead end job, you're never going to go anywhere. You're you're in, you know, if you got like a 3% raise last year, but everything costs 10% more, you're losing 7%. You're, you are going broke, not even slowly, fastly. And you need to f- find out some sort of side hustle to do something to make residual income. And, and then have eventually turn your side hustle into your main hustle and do something that you love, especially if you're in something where they can just, you know, oh, got the got the clot shot. And now we're going to go, uh, you know, basically take away or you didn't get it. And we're going to take away your job. They took our jabs. We didn't get the jabs. Now they took our jabs uh, from like a South Park uh, type reference. I mean, that was terrible. But. You know what? That was pretty much all I had today. Uh, I know I don't know if we need to make this longer than it has to because it's probably already gone longer talking about Syracuse and other stuff that people probably don't care about. <laughs> so shout out to the you know yeah. and let us know. Well, I guess if you're um, from that area, that'd be cool. But yeah, I know. Just to wrap it up though, like what we're heading towards is uh, is something that it's uh, it's it's not going to be pleasant. So if people are not prepared or are preparing right now, they're going to be in a lot of trouble, and you're going to see. Uh, inflation get a lot higher i believe anyways tim because if if this like velocity keeps on going if there's more and more people moving into you know buying um goods and services well mostly goods um you know it's it's going to be very problematic uh, so i don't know if this is like a man-made type of thing or uh, i think it's just like the collapse of the currency i don't think even needs to be man-made to be honest with you uh, it, it's just like we're, we're down at a point where we're basically like hovering around zero around the world. But what is happening around the world, too, is that interest rates in every country that I've been watching, probably like 50 percent of countries now have been going upwards. So they're preparing for the U.S. to move upwards as well uh, and start raising interest rates um, because that's how, how it works. You know, the, the U.S. Uh, like are getting ready to increase interest rates. All the other countries go before 
Uh, and, and then they also like after the U.S. have, you know, gone down with their interest rate, they actually moved down with them. So yeah, and only, uh, yeah. only about only about 10 years too late, you know, raising interest rates. But, you know, I guess it better be yeah. 10 years, 10 years too late than, uh, you know, I guess it's not better. But, you know, all these are going to be you know, very positive developments for crypto yeah. and Bitcoin. And I would yeah. say I do expect, you know, if there was a major financial meltdown, probably have crypto meltdown as well. But then we'll print a whole bunch more money and it'll probably then go back up to even higher than it is today. It's a long term proposition, not a get rich quick scheme. But uh, but anyways, you know, I do appreciate everyone listening today. I've got to go back and get do some work so that way I can you know, increase my income so I can buy up goods now. Uh, and uh, you know, and if you even if, if you are holding on to dollars and if there are goods that you need to go out and buy that are like non-perishable, probably the best thing to do is go buy them, hold them now before you know you're not able to go buy them because eventually there's, then there's probably be calls for. Uh, you know, price, yeah. uh, you know, ceilings. You, didn't, and you did to... not want to be uh, caught up like Venezuelans were or, uh, you know, other people that have been in in these monetary crises. It's it's not fun. And if you're not prepared, if you, you're not on a farm or if you don't have food uh, to protect yourself, like we need food. If you don't have food, you could have all the billions in the world. <laughs> if you don't have food, you die. So uh, food and water comes first. And then um, after that, whatever you have left, put it in, you know, wealth preserving assets. That's uh, my opinion anyways. And that's what I'm doing personally. So there we go. Get prepared guys. It's important. Peace.